Today's episode is brought to you by The Art Scene. Visit artscene.com.au Welcome to Glazed Over, the podcast for watercolour enthusiasts. I'll take you behind the washers, the dry brush and the horizon lines to ignite your passion of all things watercolour. I'm your host, Tony White. Thank you for joining me. Now let's get stuck in. Hey, 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 welcome to Glazed Over. How are you going? I hope you're all well. Thank you so much for uh, subscribing and liking and uh, reviewing and rating and all that sort of stuff on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you're listening. Please give us a nice big thumbs up and a million star review. That'd be great. Thank you so, so much. Um, Today's episode is definitely brought to you by the art scene in Sydney, but wherever you are on the planet, you can order from them and they will ship to you. And for the month of August, you get 10% off when you use the promo code TONY10, T-O-N-Y-1-0, T-O-N-Y-1-0, you'll get 10% off your order. And that'll show them that I'm doing something nice and that you're listening and you love it. Thank you so much. Um, head to my website too, uh, Tony White Watercolor. That's C-O-L-O-U-R for our American listeners, uh, TonyWhiteWatercolor.com. And you can get all the links to everything there. My YouTube channel, subscribe to that. There's lots of tutorials and things on there. There's a Facebook group that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, just check it all out. That'll be tops. Uh, this week's guest... Let me talk about this week's guest for a second. I had the great pleasure of interviewing the one and only Alvaro Castanet for the show. Uh, It was nine o'clock in the morning for him and 10 o'clock at night for me. And uh, it was a great chat. Could have gone for hours. Uh, If it wasn't for Zoom only recording for so long, I'm sure it would have. But no, he'll be back for a round two for sure. Um, but thanks so much. My thanks goes out to Alvaro for sure and Anna Maria, his lovely wife, for organising it all. And I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, check out the show notes uh, too at uh, TonyWhiteWaterColor.com. Uh, there's lots of links through to his website. Lots of examples of um, some new paintings and recent paintings. And uh, I love it. I just love his work. I really do. It's so expressive and... He's got some great views on art and his approach and his philosophies. It's unreal. So without further ado, I really want to welcome this special guest, Alvaro Castanet. Okay, so welcome to Glazed Over. Uh, my esteemed guest today is, well, he needs no introduction really. He's synonymous with the world of watercolour and... Uh, there's no one like him, and uh, please welcome Alvaro Castanet. Thank you, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tony. It's a pleasure being here and, and talking to you no. and to the audience. Thank you so, very, very much. No, I appreciate it. So how's uh, – you're, you're stuck in Monte- – when I say stuck, I mean your home in Montevideo at the moment. Uh, how long have you been there at the moment? Uh, well, as you know, I, I lived for a long time in Australia and, and – mm. Though my English maybe doesn't show, <laughs> I improved <laughs> after so many years living in Australia. But my two sons were born there. Now we we moved back to Montevideo in, around 2002, 
Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons was that um, it's much closer for me to travel to the U.S. or yeah. or even Europe. I remember that when I, when I was in Melbourne, yeah. <clears throat> it was a bit of a nightmare because I had to fly all the way to Bangkok and then from Bangkok yeah. to London. And then it was a day, a full day in the fuselage, in the plane. Yeah, yep. That's a... Uh... So, so this is this is a <clears throat> why I'm staying here, and, but I go every year back to Australia, and I stay with mm. my two sons, and yep. and also every time I go back, uh, you know, I want to always say to my to myself and to my wife Anna Maria, you know, we should we should return, we should stay here. It's such a yep. beautiful country. Yeah, it is, and there's uh, obviously there's not much aside from aside from the boys there's not much tempting you at the moment i mean it's it's uh I know. it's not yeah. not much going on <laughs> yes what a pity the pandemia yeah that's right um just a sort of a little bit of background obviously yeah born and raised in in uruguay in montevideo what was your i mean it's i don't really want to say oh tell us a bit about yourself i don't want any of that but um but just yeah. What was the the impetus for your sort of launching into art? Is it always something that's always been in you, or did you discover it at a particular time and it just went? Were you influenced by anybody in particular? No, I think that uh, if you if you really are willing to paint with a strong desire, as I as I, as I have and as I used to have, it's something that you're born with. Mm. Um, since I was in kindergarten, I always wanted to draw and. I love I love the materials. I love the tools that 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 conduct you to draw. You know, like good papers. I remember good good pencils and colors and all that sort of things. I always mm-hmm. had plenty next to me. So it's actually that was manifesting that from the, the it's, it's obviously congenital, it's inborn. Um, and uh, but then I have. I have a family that uh, they have. They were very supportive of to doing life what you really feel like doing it. You know, mm. like doing instead of just pretending being a lawyer or an accountant. Or basically, yeah. it was it was the fact that you never do in life things against will. So, mm. my mother was a professional lady. My father wasn't, but my father was a bit of he fantasizes a lot with work. He he loved classical music and mm-hmm. natural history and that sort of things and and he was the one who put me in in in, in art classes all the time, yeah. following that sort of never doing life anything against will and exploit what you feel like doing what you you like to do you see what mm-hmm. I mean so yeah, that yeah. was and then <clears throat> and then I end up going to to Australia alone in the in the eighties. Uh, because circumstances of friends and things like this. And so I ended up going to Australia alone because I didn't have any family at all. But I remember this is another catalyst to my my desire to become a painter. It's the fact that I went to Melbourne. And I remember before I went to Melbourne, Australia, I used to have, I used to paint a lot of watercolors. I don't know why watercolors, because it, I, mm. I, I'm, you know, it's basically, it's, it's a, is a country that um, full of the stock of people come from Europe, you know, yeah. Spain, Spain and Italy, basically. And it was we were a Spanish colony, 
Yep. And, 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 and the soil and the weather pattern and temperatures is exactly the same like the Mediterranean side of Europe. <laughs> so, so we, and these people here in my country, they gravitate towards oils, big oil, the, the old school, the old traditionals. And so mm. what it is very British kind of, it was one of the remaining schools ever. Yeah. There were yeah. three in the past. There were the Spanish, Italian, and, and uh, or incidental, and the English one. So the three schools of watercolor. Yep. But the ones, the ones that remain, the survival one, it was uh, the survival. Uh, yeah. well, it was the English one. So I ended up going to Melbourne and yep. in the 80s, and then I remember that uh, it was the home for watercolors. Watercolors were booming. Yeah, absolutely. I, Life in many ways is luck and coincidence. You see what I mean? So I ended up going mm. to Melbourne, and then I ended up getting to know my my good mates in in, in, in the watercolor field in Australia. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like Bobway, like uh, yeah. uh, Herman Peckle, like my other good friend Joseph Spookwick. Mm. You know them all. They, they mm. were there already. You see what I mean? And, yeah, that's and, right. What a what a scene to find yourself among. You know, like. Uh, all those guys, get, yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and then I remember that it was uh, what a high level of expertise and, 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 and virtuoso level, you know. But mm. when you go to the, when you come to Melbourne and then you see the work of, I remember those days, ah, Joseph, Herman, Greg Allen, David Taylor, um, and all those guys, then I thought, my God. Look how far watercolor can go. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I come from a South American country, even though it's South American, you know, it's a very European type of country. So uh, as far as culture is concerned, I was aware of art. I was aware of acrylic and oils, basically. But I wasn't too much aware how far can you go in watercolor until I arrive mm. in Melbourne. You, yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah, you could push it. And that's the thing, I suppose, up until... That kind of time, you, you were just used to watercolors being represented on the cover of a of a greeting card or a biscuit tin or something, you know, just just these little washy, you know, weak weak pieces rather than something strong and and striking. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, um, then then my love affair with the medium, mm. it was promoted. You know, and, and also and also willing within myself, obviously, to get into the highest level possible. So mm-hmm. uh, having these guys in front of you, it was a it was it was a motto. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Then later on, before we were we were competing a bit. Imagine all these established water calories in Melbourne. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. like everything else in life, there is a bit of pride and jealousy. You see what I mean? For sure. And me, yeah. And I mean, a little migrant coming from South America, pretending to paint water colors and establishing <laughs> myself. I remember it was a bit of a, you know, but uh, human beings are terrific. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I think once 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 people open up to you and, and friendship shows, it's just it's just I mean uh, obviously these guys, especially Joseph and Herman, they're very good mates mm. of mine now. Yeah. We are we, we have a group, the Winterloo group, and we go mm-hmm. and paint every year somewhere. Yep. Um 
once these type of painters open up to yourself, mm. then you celebrate the fact, uh, you know, humanity, friendship, and not only that, plus also we we uh, exchange in you know lots of knowledge between ourselves. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because we used to travel together. And 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 beyond the beside acceptance and, and being part of such a such a group, uh, I remember we used to engage ourselves in because we were traveling in Victoria, New South Wales, and we spent a week together. So we paint all day, and then at night and we play pool. We play pool and drink beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then and then we put the paintings on the floor. You see what I mean? <laughs> and we were as we were playing. Imagine this type of knowledge. Induction, what yeah. is usually based in in relaxation and effortless kind mm -hmm. of. I play in pool every now and then. You look at the paintings on the floor. Hey, uh, hey, Patrick, why don't you put a little bit of more Bernsina there? You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I do that tomorrow. And then, <laughs> some, and Herman said to me, "Hey, uh, Alvaro, you forgot to use ultramarine blue in that wash. Whatever." <laughs> just yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But then, then that kind of induction of knowledge, as I say, that's, that is totally effortless. It's like I'm not, I'm not pretending to, to learn Chinese. Imagine the difference. Yeah. You see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You go, yeah. oh, I to try to pretend. I was that's just right. having fun playing pool and listening Absolutely. to what we were saying to each other. So that was actually one of our main, uh, my main, let's say. Development those 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 years ago, that would have been that healthy healthy conflict slash competition slash trying to you know do, were you coming in saying gosh it's kind of like I guess someone you know a group of kids growing up learning to play guitar or something like that and you go oh they go to school the next day look what I learned last night that kind of thing did you did you guys and do you still when you go out painting together have that thing of check, check this out. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what I'm saying. And also, the the the, the reason that I described the scenario was for you to have us to have us a reference of how careless and casual mm. our conversation was. Playing pool, you see what I mean? We always yeah. play. We always have teams. You see what I mean? Like uh, we, my partner was always Herman. And he's always <laughs> then we play against Joseph and Nick Canosa. Nick Canosa is a, is a barista that lives in, in, in Sydney, and he's also yep. part of our group. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I, I draw the scenario because this is uh, I'm repeating myself, but just saying to you that we were filtering conversations of art mm. as we were playing pool, and maybe we're talking about beer or whatever yeah. else, or the, yeah. going to eat. But then, yeah. so I, I celebrate that type of uh, exchange of, of, of comments and, and, and uh, uh, between ourselves, because I think that was part of what I am nowadays. You see, is yeah. Um, yeah. Do you French think... Um yeah, absolutely, and that's that's vital these days, you know. Um, do you think it's important for, I mean, I guess artists in general, but obviously talking specifically watercolorists, um, just as far as the technology side of things, obviously it's it's been easier and maybe it's harder now. It's easier to get your work out there, but it's maybe harder to sell in galleries and all those kind of things. Um, do you think it's important for 
um, your generation of painters, and I mean that respectfully, of course, um, generation of painters, through these your, your masters, is it important for you to to teach all us younger painters, show us the way type thing? Is that something that you con- you're conscious of because you are very generous with your time and and um, you know you there doesn't seem to be much you don't share. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I for me it's a pleasure sharing what I know and, 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 and promoting younger generations to join us and, and showing to the world uh, how beautiful this elusive medium is all about. I mean, one of my main, um, uh, what I give a lot of importance is, is to show to the world how versatile and wonderful the watercolor medium is. So in order to show that to the world, yes. Keep on convincing the world of our of this beloved medium. We need the new soldiers. <laughs> Let's yeah, yeah. Yeah. New generations coming up and keep on developing. Look, mm-hmm. this beautiful medium. This beautiful medium is one of the most um, eloquent and competitive one. When we come to art, you know, it's like playing mm-hmm. chess a little bit in a very spontaneous, casual fashion. Yeah, uh, and 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 is is not too predictable, and and okay, saying all that on top of having a paper that is a hundred percent cotton with no acidity whatsoever, organic, mm-hmm. having pigments that are all perennial, having the beautiful brushes that we have, we have access to it now, buying a paper that you can buy ten meters in a row. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, what yeah. a color can be so. I mean, we always use use oils as a reference because they still they still have an edge to any other medium because 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 longevity and and and, and the space yeah. where you can paint on and then you yeah. can paint on any size. You don't need to prime it. You don't need, you don't need to put glass on top. You can yeah. paint on walls and wood and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I will say that yes, watercolor is 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 climbing up the ladder. Mm-hmm. It's getting much closer to oils. And do you yeah, think? Do yeah, you I, see I, it? I, yeah. yeah. Do you see it gaining? I mean, oh, I guess a, a few artists have said about the perceived lack of respect that watercolor gets. It gets it's seen as a bit of a hobbyist kind of medium almost. Um, do you think there's a, a bit of that starting to die off now? I, I think it's a wrong, wrong approach to and, and lack of knowledge and, and a little bit of jealousy. We can put a few things into it when people criticize watercolor. Watercolor is, as I said to you before, if you give me a piece of paper, which is the one that I'm using, and the pigments that I'm using, and the size that I can paint on, you know what I mean? I have all yeah. the ingredients to make a... Um, a painting that will resist the test of times. Yeah. Plus, also there is another thing to it. It's very elusive. Mm. So, so yeah. it's a challenge. It's very elusive. It's a challenge. Yep, that's right. And, and we can paint any size we want. And you don't want that total control over it either. And that's, I think, is the the sooner you start to uh, give over some of that control that you may want, I think that's when your water style, watercolor starts coming to life. Exactly, exactly. The only, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like a, 
I said to you before, you know, it's using like an analogy of playing chess. It's in what color you need to think a few steps ahead most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think the the oldest the oldest set of conditions that requires to paint what color, which actually for some people they think is very difficult, for me is the greatest engagement that I've got with the medium because of the challenge. You see what I mean? Is yeah, yeah. But but saying so, I'm not diminishing the painting any other medium. I mean, even, even let's say let's take oil as 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 the line of all mediums, you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even in oils, you you need to think ahead too. And uh, I mean, the, basically, what they got in favor is the fact that they can paint in any tone and any value doesn't yeah, matter. And that's right. They can start in black or they can start in white. Hmm. But the thing is, all mediums requires a lot of expertise and 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 and. And, and, and yeah, obviously, oils require requires lots of quality to it. The approach, you know, yeah. you can't, that's not because they think it's oil, you know, you yeah. can fix it. Now, there is that's no such a thing. But you know, coming back to our subject, that is watercolor, I think is a is a is a terrific medium, and it's getting more and more popular around the world. No, absolutely, couldn't agree more. That's great. Um, do you, uh, with your painting? Still now, obviously, I'm, I'm guessing you still paint daily. Does any does anybody in particular in the art world still influence you, or does any, do you look at any of the, you know, the John Singer Sargents, those types that still get your blood boiling and going? Yeah, to be honest with you, I do respect lots of artists. I don't think in anybody by my, but myself. My hmm. challenge is to beat myself. Yeah, my challenge is to beat myself, yeah. and um, I am a painter that I don't look at works of other artists. You may be thinking, "Well, that's amazing, Albert," because usually, you know, you should be looking what other people are doing. Mm. And, it, and, and yeah, his personality is the way I am. But I'm honest to you. Yeah. You know, I I rarely I rarely look at other works. <laughs> which is, <laughs> In some ways, it's no good. You know what I mean? Uh, um, I know what uh, you mean, though. Well, what happened is, is my my approach to my painting is is beating myself. Yeah. Better to get better, and I'm very critic. Okay, I criticize a lot of my paintings. I don't. Yeah. I really end up liking them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, and I see a lot of. I see a bit of common sense in what you're saying there. I've never really thought about it, but. Your, your ultimate competitor, so to speak, is yourself, and that's and you are the one who who needs to be Absolutely. happy with what you're doing, and that's what you're trying to strive for is to be the best you can be. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and also, and also, be, I I am happy with that approach. That it, it wasn't conscious; it was just a natural gravitation to. To be like this because this is the way yeah. I am. But yeah, yeah. The good, the good outcome out of that is uh, looking someone some someone else's work. It can you reach a level, a plateau of of desire and expertise into the medium that sometimes we succumb to other artists' works, thinking, 
oh, what a beautiful passage, or what a beautiful yeah. set of colors, what a beautiful this and that, yeah. which is actually sometimes good. But in my case, I'm not interested. And secondly, I do give a lot of importance, as I said to you before, you know, uh, enhancing my own style. Yeah. And I think, and I think, like closing my eyes to any other artist and just totally uh, look at my own work. Mm. Like everything else in life, you you pay a price too. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. Because because not no, no, yes. Even though I'm mentioning this for many people, it might it might not be a greatest idea. And secondly, you need the influx and the challenge of mm. seeing sometimes other works. You see what I mean? Yeah, there you are. yeah. Um, do you like just on? I guess it, it sort of on the same kind of line of of thought. I've um, I've got a couple of your books. I think one of them, the recent one, The Four Pillars, and the, I think it was the first one. Um, I can't remember what it's called, what, uh, passion, what, Painting with Passion, something like that. And your style, like when I first saw that book, it's so completely different. This is the one from, I think, early 90s or something like that it was, it was written. Yeah, early 90s. Yeah. So completely different to what you do now was that a and what i mean by that for for listeners is it's if that haven't may not have seen your older work is that it was a lot tighter you know, more precise more illustrative things like that but um was that a conscious decision that you made or was that just a natural evolution that, that you ended up painting the way you do now in your very very signature style no 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 it was a natural evolution no no, no, no nothing nothing with me in the arts Yep. Or, or, or that matter in life. I'm not yeah. the type of person who uh, is too intellectual as far as planning my life ahead. You know what I mean? I'm very yep, emotional. And I do what I feel like doing. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and it was a it was a natural evolution because a few factors. You know, first of all, when you do something in life that you really enjoy and, and love doing it, the natural mm. consequence of that is, is an evolution because you know, it's, it's, it's like a letter. You you reach a level, then once you you master it, you lose you lose respect for it, and then you yeah. think what is ahead of. So, so that's one thing. Yep, a, a natural evolution. And secondly, is what you've been acquiring or assimilating through life and through those years of painting, as far as appreciation of other artists and. Uh, going to museums or, or engaging yourself in in talking to to artists that you respect, mm-hmm. and there is always an evolution. If the source of information comes from different angles, but yeah. then oh, you filter everything and eventually flourish what you are true, your true your true self. You see what I mean? Yeah, and definitely. Not flourish your true self. It might be a condensation of lots of experiencing and got ga- information you're gathering that takes a form but yeah but but basically what what provide that form is your soul is your i mean uh, i am very antagonistic as far as um in this discipline of life art being too intellectual you know what i mean you, mm. you cannot yeah. be too intellectual because then yeah you That's right. you've got to res- you respond to things rather than think about them too much of course, and for a lot of people who who are, sorry if I keep on talking a, little, a no. few more seconds, but lots of people who are willing to get into this and they come from different 
walks of life, like the, maybe they're an accountant or maybe they're an architect, they succumb to paint watercolors and they want to put their hands into it. They sometimes they think, oh, oh, it sounds good, Alvaro, it sounds good, but it's not practical. But uh, let me tell you that because I've been doing it from my younger years when I was, uh, when I was young and powerful, let's say, and I dedicate the big time of my life, 30 years, at least 35 years to paint. I'm saying all this with the greatest, I'm, I'm very genuine. I'm very, very genuine. The in yep. intellect, well, this is what I'm trying, I'm coming back to what I say and I finish. Intellect is not the main tool to be a painter. To be a painter, you need to be basically innocent and sensitive. Innocent right. and sensitive. And, 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 and those people who are starting to paint right now or the later time of their life, they pay attention and they they concentrate a lot in acquiring technique, achieving technique. You see what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and they think it's, it's what they need to know. Yeah. No, it's just more that that approach that I I sort of see what you, you what you're saying in relation to to teaching myself is that this kind of goes into that God, the same basket as you know. You know, when students are obsessed with materials, for example, you know, what colour is that? What is, what's it? What's that tube and what's the name of that brush? What size is it? Blah, blah, blah. And um, it's almost like the, the tools of the trade become more important and and than the actual the painting process itself. It's like, well, I've, it's, it's some kind of subconscious roadblock for yourself to go, well, I can't do that yet because I don't have the right brush or whatever. And so it... It makes sense. You've got to, you've got to paint from paint from your heart. You know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. there's absolutely. no point otherwise. What's the point? You know. No, and also, and also, and also, yeah. I mean, what we are painting is what we are doing. Like you mentioned in my first book in the nineties, there is a huge amount of obviousness in the painting. You know, every painting is almost like an illustration. Yeah, and then and then you realize that that type of approach has very short legs. You see what I mean? It goes mm -hmm. not not much further because it's it's replicating, it's, it's copycat. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. and then once once you understand that painting, it is essentially to to achieve ambience and mood and capturing capturing the matters that move the soul of the audience first of all the artist mm. you know but then the audience yeah, yeah. Uh, even though even though you're painting a part of the world that can be recognized oh this is rome you know coliseum or this is uh, paris whatever mm. uh, it is not enough we know that is just a little part of it the essential is out of the uh, Eiffel Tower or Coliseum in Rome or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is what sort of mood and excitement? Yeah. What is, is that the roar of a lion or is a pussycat? And, and people, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and yeah. so that's the hardest challenge is, is to paint lions. And, and we usually, we usually, and I put myself even in my very beginning, well, I was just painting pussycats. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, the pretty pictures. Sorry, Tony, to say this, just want to make. You know, it's good to paint certain 
I mean, the, the type of thing we're doing, you know, considering that this workout is taking a little bit like a weak medium and painting obviousness. Mm. I mean, the two, the two, the two, these two situations conduct to an artist to a propensity of a great failure in the trajectory of being an artist because you're painting obviousness and you're painting with a weak medium. Yeah. In a way, we were saying before how how beautiful the medium is. I know it intrinsically, yeah. but it's That's an amazing. Right. But the thing is, the biggest challenge is when you paint certain uh, a subject that has a degree of a profile of obviousness to it. Mm-hmm. The challenge is consequently directly proportional. It has to be extremely uh, good in 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 sensations, in feelings, and insight. And then that is the only way you can make uh, a corner in Melbourne to turn into a masterpiece that will resist yeah. the times. And this is the hardest thing in art. You see what I mean? Yeah, that's that right. yeah. yeah, you know, you, you, you need to paint, you need to paint something that is extravagant, something that exploits the technique to the maximum of your possibilities, meaning being daring, there, there. Exploited to the maximum of the watercolor possibilities, and that approach that has to be intrinsic and it has to be from deep inside you, it is totally understood from the very beginning. That is what's going to happen. You see what I mean? I can exploit the medium to the maximum of these possibilities. Do you implicit? You know that you are aiming that, but that aim is actually to sustain a major thing. That's not the end of it. With that beautiful implicit technique that you know in every painting you're going to perform, it is then become far more difficult. Which is is what you, what are you saying? What you're gonna say with that? Yeah, you see what I mean. That's right. It's yeah, not just having an extravagant technique. It's also what what you use that technique for. What is the thing you're gonna say with that? That's right. Yeah, learn how to do something, and all of a sudden you'll paint great pictures. But there's nothing coming from inside you. And no, nothing- we we are very cornered. We we people like paint the type of subject I do. We are trans. We transit to very narrow street, very mm-hmm. narrow street. We don't have much room and to perform and be and be happy with ourselves and make a, a, a successful painting. We walk on a very narrow street that the only north we have, only chance we have, is at the end of when we finish the painting, what are we saying? How, how daring we were? What sort of technique we are expressing? And that technique is totally subordinated to a message. Yeah. I mean, all the things got nothing to do with the corner of Melbourne that are supposed to paint, because the corner of Melbourne then come afterwards, that then yeah. you will be saying, ah, yeah, I recognize that is Swanstone and Collins Street, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, whether in abstract painting or in another type of art, you can you can camouflage, uh. you can masquerade lots of things. The type of the type of art I do, it is, and the way that I conceive it, I know I'm not letting you talk, but I think no, it's all right. The, the way I conceive it is extremely challenging. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just technique. It's no. not the technique. Technique is is a vehicle. Is is yeah. a is a fine vehicle that you polish and you develop and then you turn that vehicle into into your fingerprint that people say oh yeah of course that's Alvaro look at the yeah. look at the style not saying that it's better than or worse than anybody else I'm just saying ah that's typical Alvaro yeah 
And yeah. that is your, that's your style. But then what the, the, the major question, which is 80% of the rest of the painting, is what do you do with that style? Yeah. What is the thing you're trying to say to me? Mm -hmm. Because I don't need yeah. to, otherwise I take a photo. That's right, exactly. Otherwise I, go, I get a good camera and I blow it up in a printer. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. It's like I don't, I've never understood the, the hyper-realism kind of thing. When people, you know, there's, there are watercolorists out there that, you know, they, they put all their, their drawing, line drawings down on their big pieces of paper via a projector and everything's perfect and they just colour in. So it looks like a photo that's taken at high noon, which is nothing. It's just nothing there. And I, yeah, what, what's the point in that? Yeah, take a photo and print it and blow it up, put it on your wall. Yeah, what the, the people, what they, what they do that and they do, what they show is a great deal of craftsmanship. Yes. You know, but it's hard to get. You, can, you need patience. You need to, uh, it's, it's handcraft. But then again, it's very appreciated by imagine that if there are people there in your audience listening and they paint hyperrealism, they will, they will hate yeah. me. I do like what they do in some time, and I do like hyperrealism sometimes, but the only valuable thing is you wonder, my God, what, what a compromise. And what about or how many hours sitting down in a chair, you know, using small little brushes and going bit by bit in order to make photogenic. Then again, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it was a little bit of composition and, and yeah. kind of to That's right. I think um, I think you should be trying to achieve something that's not, doesn't already exist. I think that isn't that, well, that's my goal anyway. It's, you know, you, like I, I never want to paint something that already exists. That, that's like in as far as a reference and a photo, whether, you know, whether you've got to put, you know, different oh, mood yeah. or atmosphere into it. And sometimes, sometimes they, they get by. They, 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 they bypass hyperrealism because if they're clever enough, they can make a good composition, select a yep. good corner of the world, yep. make a good composition, and with... Well, look at this—an example of of bypassing illustration, which is Andrew Wyeth. He yeah. wasn't hyperrealistic, but this is a good example of Andrew Wyeth of of painting uh, an amazing. I succumb to the work to his watercolors. I love them all, mm. and he was he was very realistic type of artist. And, and and coming from a family, he was an illustrator in the beginning. Yeah. And but this is a good example that. You know, he, he bypasses illustration because all his painting, even though everything was obvious, what was composition. going on? Composition was, yeah. Whatever he was painting. Yeah. Um, but his painting, in that, with no any doubt, without any doubt, conduct mm -hmm. the viewers to a plateau of sentiment and, mm -hmm. and feelings of the he was doing, you see what I mean? The painting yeah. he was showing. So this is a good example of bypassing illustration and and Andrew Wise, a, a painter that I, I really I do yeah. admire a lot. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I've uh, watched a couple of documentaries on Andrew Wise. I love his work and hope to get over to Maine at some point and go and visit his haunts and that'd be great. Um just a couple of things to, to finish up, Alvaro. We're going to uh, just a couple of silly questions. We are, I sort of ask everyone. Um, 
Well, firstly, if you had, because look, students are after the nuts and bolts and listeners are after, after that. If you had five colours to choose from for the rest of your life, what would they be? Well, good question. I will have a yellow. Yeah, yeah. Not many people like my yellow, but I do love it. If you use it carefully. Yellow ochre. Yeah. I need yellow ochre. I need burnt sienna. I need, I was going to say ultramarine blue, but I have, uh, with, with my friends, Daniel Smith, I make, I, we create some grays. And this is a gray that I made. Yep. That is alfresco, that alfresco gray. That I will need that one. So three. You say five color, do you? Five, yeah. Five. Five, and I guess you can have a, a white gouache or something if you want. Nah. Mm. Alfresco, Siena. Uh, I will need, mm, no, I still need neutral tint and I need a green. Uh, or a, a, a red, a, a green. red, well, a good, a good No, maybe, maybe uh, either viridian or green turquoise. I use the <laughs> as a red. I use the Bernstein as a red, orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I ever have to <laughs> live the rest of my life with only five colors, I will use that with the plus of having perhaps a white, so you can get into some. Mixing with yellow ochre to create some highlights of things. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's a, you're the person that I have to thank for my obsession with uh, lavender and jeune. The jeune oh, I love it. <laughs> and the lavender. I yeah, well, I can't live without either of those. That's for sure. Yeah, great. I use, use it a lot, lavender. I use it. Um, Oh, just as, as some highlight stuff just here and there. Oh, yeah. But I, I love I love how it mixes. I love the just to marble it with like burnt sienna or something like that, just to do some distant flat shapes. Love that lemon. It's a great colour. And um, and if you had to, uh, you were on your, you know, on your own, just finding yourself kicking back, relaxing, and you had a couple of people to invite over for dinner, anyone alive or dead, who are you cooking for? Yeah, I love that. Uh, well, well, what about you talking about Andrew Wise? I wouldn't mind to to ask him for dinner. Would yeah. you say how many people? How many people? Oh, however many. Five. Let's go five. Yeah. Let's five. Let's stick five. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Wise. <laughs> um, um, okay. Um, uh, oh my God! You put me well. I guess you know what I mean because I love soccer and football. I become a few names. Sandy Wires, Diego Maradona, perhaps. I liked. Uh, yeah, Diego Maradona. I like to meet uh, Obama. Yeah, I will invite Obama to my dinner table. I, I like. Um, I will invite. Uh, uh, Luis Suarez, which is a famous <laughs> football player. Uh, I will uh, actually, I would like my to share my table because he's a beautiful eccentric and I love him. You know, I would like Herman to join us. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, my friend Joseph. 
Because we are, we are good mates and, I, and uh, we can always end up playing a game of pool. And my last one will be my beloved friend, Patrick Carroll, a famous yeah. artist from uh, New South Wales. Yeah. Which recently died unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And I, I hold him in my heart and he was um, a terrific guy. Well, there you are, I am taking the opportunity to mention him. Yeah. Um, uh, he was a guy that I used to engage with lots of conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 he was a deep thinker, very intelligent, deep thinker man. Yep. And we read. And I remember that I used to engage myself with lots of conversation about art and about things like yep. this and about life. Yeah. And, and so I take the opportunity just to say, Patrick Carroll, mm. one of my greatest friends, too, I would love him dearly to be on that day. No, absolutely. That's, that was a, a shock when we all heard the news about Patrick. I'd, I'd met him only twice at, at Bathurst just for a, you know, I spoke to him a few times. He was always really nice to me and a good fella. And, yeah, I know how much that would mean to you guys. No, that's, uh, no he's a good fella. He's a good fella. Um, mate, well, thank you so much, Alvaro, for, for joining me here. It's been, it's been a blast. We could talk all night. We could talk all day. Jeez. What time is it over there? It's like no, 11 it's o'clock. 10 o'clock in the morning. Beautiful oh, sunny day. Ah, beautiful. Good stuff. Well, I think we're about to get slammed with snow for the next week or so down here. We haven't had much snow so far in Tassie this year, so I think it's all coming. <laughs> ah, there you are. That's lovely. Right. It's life. Well, listen, lovely talking to you, uh, Tony. And, uh, and Thank you. You too. Thanks for the, for the talking. No, no problem. I appreciate that. And I'll... Uh, on all the episode show notes and everything, I'll, I'll share all of your things and uh, it'll be, a, it'll be a, a great thing and I appreciate your generosity and your time, mate. really do. My pleasure. Until next time, Tony, and all the best to you and take care. Thank you, Alvaro. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Oh, bye-bye. So, bye. Oh, great stuff. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that great chat with Alvaro. He's a good man. He's an interesting fellow. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he really is. I mean, you know, there's a reason why he's known as the passionate painter. painter. Um, he just does such great work and he's, he loves it. And he's made a stellar career and stellar life out of, out of painting. And if only we could all be half as, uh, half as successful, that'd be great. But no, thanks so much again, Alvaro for your time it's very precious and very valuable I understand and uh, Anna Maria as well for making it all happen you you guys do such a great job and you're very professional thank you so much and uh, I hope you really 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 do hope you enjoyed that Um, it's a great chat it's uh, we're kind of privileged to to have him have a chat to us it's really nice Um, once again just don't forget to go to the art scene or sorry artscene.com.au and for 10% off your order uh, enter the promo code TONY10 so TONY10 TONY10 for 10% off uh, for the month of August thank you so much guys go to tonywhitewatercolor.com click all the likes and the subscribes and send me a message comment on the shows whatever you want to do that'd be great get in contact i'd love to uh to reach out let me know what you think 
And without further ado, thank you very much. I will bid you adieu, I mean. Uh, I will talk to you next week. Cheers, guys. Adios, amigos. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. If you didn't like it, your silence is greatly appreciated. Thank you again and catch you next time.